Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Johnson Life Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with songs by the Kingsmen and music by Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with A Million Miles from Manhattan. Tonight, I'm sure there are many business and industrial executives relaxing a bit from a busy day. The greatly increased responsibility of these men in war production is known to all of us. Their jobs are as important, as vital as any. Nearly every large manufacturer is engaged in some part of war work, directly or indirectly. The last time I went through the Johnson's Wax Laboratories and plant, I was surprised to learn in how many places there is a need now, greater than ever before, for protective wax finishes and coatings. Special finishes have been developed for waterproofing, weatherproofing, rustproofing. For planes, ships, automobiles, trucks, and trains. For metals, wood, rubber, and leather. Even special paints containing wax have been perfected. So in many ways, the protective uses of Johnson's wax products have been extended into manufacturing and industrial plants throughout the country. Any manufacturer having a protective finishing problem related to war production is invited to discuss this problem with S.C. Johnson & Son, Racine, Wisconsin, or S.C. Johnson & Son Limited, Brantford, Canada. There's a minor mystery at 79 Wistful Vista. Uncle Dennis has been missing for two days. And here in the living room, one worried for fear he won't come back, and the other for fear he will, we find Fibber McGee and Molly. McGee, I'm worried about Uncle Dennis. Me too. If he don't lay off of that stuff, he's going to wind up coming unwound. I don't mean that. I mean, I'm afraid something's happened to him. No, that's too bad. Hey, what's become of the sporting section of the paper? Never mind the paper. I'm worried about Uncle Dennis, and I don't like to worry all alone. Okay, I'll worry with you. Poor old Uncle Dennis. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. For goodness sakes, McGee, haven't you any human sympathy? What if Uncle Dennis has had an accident? Accidents only happen when you don't know things are loaded. And we know he always is. Now, look here, McGee. We leave Uncle Dennis's personal habits out of this. Let's just think of him as somebody in trouble. I got a better idea. What's that? Let's not think of him at all. May I remind you, dearie, that Uncle Dennis, with all his faults, is my relative? He's my father's brother. Well, am I your father's brother's keeper? Did I invite him to move in on us till death do us part? Did I suggest that we make our guest room a zoo for pink elephants? Was I the oh, one Oh, for goodness sakes, McGee. Can't you see how upset I am? Here he goes out of the house day before yesterday, 
Wearing your new gray suit and... What? My new gray suit? Yes. Oh, my gosh. we got to find him. I suppose he met with an accident or That's something. That's what I say. Suppose something... Well, well, don't just stand there, Molly. we got to do something. Now, can't you see how worried I am? Gee, my new gray suit. All right. All right. You worry about your suit and I'll worry about Uncle Dennis. But let's find him. Well, what'll we do? Where'll we look? Do you know anybody that owns some bloodhounds? Bloodhounds wouldn't work on him. We'll have to get booze hounds. <laughs> Hey, maybe I better call the police. Now, maybe... now, now, now. Let's take this thing quietly, dearie. What would Ellery Queen or Perry Mason do in a case like this? They'd write a book about it, and we haven't got time for that. <laughs> when did you say you saw Uncle Dennis last? Day before yesterday. He was wearing your, your new gray suit and... And how'd it look? Oh, beautiful. The sleeves were a little short, though. Oh, that's too bad. Next time I buy a suit, I'll take him with me. I don't want him to be unhappy. Where was he going when you saw him? As if I didn't know. Downtown, I think. He usually goes to Joe's Tavern. Yeah, I know. He's a stockholder. He is? Sure. He can hold more of Joe's stock than anybody in town. <laughs> Give me the phone. I'll call Joe and see if he's still there. Here you are. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me Joe's Tavern across the street from Mert. Is that you? Oh, my. How's every little thing, Mert? Is eh? What's eh, Mert? Your grandmother... Playing for the Brooklyn Dodgers. <laughs> What's she playing, McGee? Shortstop? No, the piano. <laughs> There's a lot of ball players living at her boarding house. Oh. <laughs> What's Amer? No answer, eh? Well, thanks anyway. Come on, Molly, get your hat. We'll go out and look for him. All right. I'm glad I finally aroused your sympathy. You have. I certainly hope we find him. And if he's torn one single pocket of that gray suit, I'll swarm over him like Doolittle over Tokyo. No. <laughs> Don't get excited now. Maybe he's a... Come in. Good day, Mrs. McGee. Hello, McGee. Oh, hi, Latrivia. Just the guy we want to see. Why? We've lost an uncle someplace. Oh, maybe he isn't lost. Perhaps you just forgot where you put him. <laughs> you know, Molly, I just happened to think. Maybe he's out house hunting. But he's got this house. Yeah, this is probably the one he's hunting. <laughs> How about putting your police department to work on this case, Latrivia? Why, of course, McGee, if you don't think it's too soon. Why too soon? Well, I thought that seeing it's such a beautiful day, he might have decided to go out for a brisk um, stagger in the park. <laughs> but he's been gone for two days, Latrivia. I think you ought to have your cops drag out the throw net. Oh, you always get that wrong, huh? McGee. It's throw out the dragnet. Oh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you are referring to Uncle Dennis, are you not? Yes, we are. You want a description of him? Okay. He's got a kind of a yellow skin. He has not. He was tanned and it faded a little. <laughs> Complexion beige. <laughs> uh, what is his height exactly? Well, it varies. He goes out low in the morning and comes home high at night. <laughs> He's five feet eleven in his socks. You mean in my socks. He ain't worn any of his own clothes since he moved here. Five feet eleven. Uh, how much does he weigh? Well, uh, he's gained a little weight lately. Yeah, now it takes at least three men to bring him home. Well, one man can carry a 75-pound load comfortably. Three times 75 would be 225. Stout fellow. Uh, what color are his eyes? Bloodshot. <laughs> eyes, old rose. You're giving Mayor Latrivia a terrible picture, my Uncle Dennis, McGee. Yeah, and if he'll give me the, back the picture, I'll give him Uncle Dennis. <laughs> I, uh, I don't like to be an alarmist, Mrs. McGee, but we must face the facts. You think we should drag the river? Oh, oh. no. 
No, I don't. You don't? No, he, he wouldn't be in the river. He hates water. <laughs> Very well. If you'll let me use your telephone, I'll have his description broadcast on police radio immediately. Here, Mr. Mayor. Oh, thank you. Hello, operator. Please connect me with the police department. I beg your pardon? McGee, who's Mert? <laughs> Just an off-stage character, Mr. Mayor. Don't let her get you down. Uh, hello, operator. Police department, please. No, I don't care what happened to your grandmother. I want the police department. Yes. Great family girl, Mert. Hello, uh, Clanahan? Uh, this is my honor. Uh, your honor. Uh, his honor. Uh, this is the mayor speaking. Put this on the radio right away. Locate and bring in a Mr. Dennis Driscoll, 5 feet 11, pink eyes, weight 225, complexion saffron, when last seen was wearing light gray suit and silk lampshade on head. Yes, keep me informed. Goodbye. Ah, now, you don't have to worry, Mrs. McGee. I'm sure we'll find... But, uh, Mr. Mayor, what was that about the lampshade? Yeah, what made you think he was wearing that? I was wearing it at the party night before last, and he took it away from me. (laughs) Don't worry, you'll find him. Somebody must have seen him, McGee. What'd they tell you, Joe's Tavern? They says he acted very strangely. I says, how do you mean strangely? And they says he just had a lemonade and paid all his IOUs and stood there at the bar reading a magazine. Oh, reading a magazine. Yeah. Oh, dear. And then what? Then all of a sudden he looks at Joe and says, Joe, he says, this stuff is ruining my life. And sure enough, it was. The lemonade was dripping all over his magazine. <laughs> Then he walked out, and Joe hasn't seen him since. And the police haven't had any report on him either. Where should we go first? I think we better ask Billy Mills. He and Billy were always great pals. Yeah, they're always together at parties. Yeah. Billy never says anything but yes and no. And Uncle Dennis never says anything but yes. (laughs) Oh, he says more than that. He also says, 
I don't care if I do. And who paid for the last one? He's the greatest looking... Well, hello there, kid. Drive for a walk? Well, we're trying to locate Uncle Dennis, Mr. Oldtimer. Have you seen him? Or is he wearing a raccoon coat, roller skates, and a catcher's mitt? No, he wasn't. What gave you that silly idea? Nobody, Johnny. Thought of it myself. Much easier to identify if he was dressed like that. Well, we're afraid he's been uh, kidnapped or something. Or maybe taken for a ride. Notify the police, daughter. Yes, we have, and they're dragging out the throw net. Why? Well, they're the ones who usually take him for a ride. Mm. Say, maybe he... McGee, uh... look. Look at what? Where did you get that hat, Mr. Oldtimer? This one? I took it away from a dog, daughter. He was dragging it up the street, and it looked like a good hat, so I took it. Just fits, too. That's Uncle Dennis's hat. Sure. Now we're getting someplace. Would you know that dog again if you saw him, Oldtimer? Sure would, Johnny. He's a little snippy pup with long ears and a piece of my pants in his mouth. <laughs> when, I, uh, when I took this hat away from him, I chased me and my gal all the way home from the movies. We just made it, too. Run in the house together and slam the door on him. Neck and neck, huh? We sure did, daughter, after we got our breath. <laughs> Want this hat now? No, you keep it till later, old-timer. We're more interested in finding Uncle Dennis. You know whose dog it was? Sure do. Whose? Whose dog? Yes. You know whose it was? Sure do. Whose? Who's on first? What's... Oh, no. Uh, belongs to that rich widow who lives around the corner from here. One that uh, rides in the car with the chauffeur. Mrs. Uppington. Heavenly days, McGee. Let's go see her. Well, after we see Billy Mills. Well, much obliged, old-timer. That's okay, kid. Hope you find your uncle. Know how you feel, because we lost a cousin once the same way. Oh. Cousin Clyde. Back in Hannibal, Missouri. Oh. Didn't you ever find him again? <laughs> you never found us again, daughter. The minute we realized he was missing, we all moved to Decatur, Illinois. Well, good luck, Now I know something has happened, Uncle Dennis McGee. Oh, this don't mean anything. He's come home often enough without his hat. I guess his hat can come home once without him. Come on, here's Billy Mills' house. Hope he's home. Hello, Skimp. Hello, Mom. Come on in. No, we can now, Mr. Mills. We're trying to find Uncle Dennis. Have you seen him, Billy? I thought I saw him in the drugstore yesterday. You thought you saw him? Why were you doubtful? It was him. What was he doing? Drinking buttermilk. Oh. It couldn't have been him, then. Say, what's that you have in your hand, Mr. Mills? Cigar. Have one? No, no, no. The other hand. That necktie. That's Uncle Dennis's. Where'd you get it, Billy? Dog brought it up on the porch. Knew it didn't belong to the dog. How'd you know that? Female dog. Girls don't wear neckties. <laughs> Can't fool Mills. <laughs> Was it Uppington's dog? Yes. McGee, we've got to go see Abigail. There's something funny going on here. Well, thank you ever so much, Mr. Mills. That's okay, Mom. Anything I can do for Dennis, let me know. I've probably done it before. <laughs> dog. First he drags Uncle Dennis's hat along the street, and then he brings his necktie to Billy Mills. If Uncle Dennis is doing a strip tease, he's being awful public about it. <laughs> Maybe he took off his clothes to go for a swim or something. Where could he go that was so close? Well, there's a lagoon in the park. Maybe he dove in there. Oh, I hope not. Why? Uncle Dennis can't swim. <laughs> that wouldn't matter. There hasn't been any water in that lagoon for over a year. <laughs> and besides... Oh, look, McGee, here comes Mr. Wilcox. <laughs> you, Mr. Wilcox. Hello, folks. Where are you going in such a hurry? we got to see a dog about a man. <laughs> yeah? Say, 
I had an odd experience with a dog yesterday myself. Oh, how was that, Mr. Wilcox? I have a feeling, folks, that this is going to end up in one of them commercial anecdotes that tester a hard-working comedian. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, this is probably one of those tales that dogs the wag. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Not that you'd ever intentionally <laughs> connive to get in a mention about Johnson's car new heart. Hey, I'm glad you brought that up, Fibber. It was Carnew that started the whole incident. See what I mean, folks? He's glad I brought it up. It's the devilish ingenuity of the fellow that gets me. <laughs> well, what did Carnew start, Harlow? Why, the whole dog incident. You see, I'm a member of a neighborhood carpool. A bunch of us got together and we pooled transportation in our cars. Mm -hmm. Take turns taking each other to work. Saves tires and gasoline and conserves the cars. Yes, mm -hmm. we know about that, but where does the dog come in? Well, as long as I take people in my car, I want it to look nice, you see. Mm -hmm. To say nothing of setting an example of conservation and preservation to the rest of the neighbors. Mm -hmm. So there I was giving my bus to going over with Johnson's car new. Mm -hmm. You know how it shines as it dries in one easy operation. Mm -hmm. Gee, it looked beautiful. Of course it did, but how about the dog? Well, sir, when I stood back to admire that gorgeous Gleaming finish. Whoop whoop. Whoop whoop? What'd you do? Bark your shins on the running board? <laughs> no, no, it was this dog, a little bitty pup, but very feisty. She saw a reflection in the side of my car. It was just like a mirror by that time, of course. And she thought it was another dog. So she dropped the old shoe she was carrying in her mouth and started after her reflection. Wait a minute. What kind of a shoe was she carrying? Oh, a brown Oxford with hard heels and a perforated cap? Why? Well, that's it, Molly. I knew it. I what knew is it. this? You knew what? That's one of Uncle Dennis's shoes. Was it Uppington's dog, Harlow? Say, I guess it was at that. How did you know? I haven't got time to tell you now, Mr. Wilcox. Come on, McGee. See you later, Harlow. <laughs> Gee, I hope Uppington's at home, Molly. Me too. I haven't smitted like that since I saw the garter snake back at the high school the day William Jennings Bryan spoke to our sophomores. How do you do, Mr. McGee? And Mr. McGee. Hello, Abigail. Your dog here? Fifi? Oh, yes, but, but she can't come out and play with you now. <laughs> She's been a very, very bad girl. What'd she do, Abigail? Run through the sprinkler and frizzler permanent? She's probably sulking because they put the wrong shade of nail polish on her little footies. I beg your pardon, Miss McGee. I do not pamper Fifi with such extravagant treatment. Don't you really, Abigail? Indeed not. I think for a dog like Fifi, dear as she is to me, that a plain finger wave and colorless nail polish is quite good enough. Mm. <laughs> oh, um, won't you come in? No, thanks, Uppy. We got important things to do. We think Uncle Dennis has met with foul play and Fifi is mixed up in it somehow. How dare you, Miss McGee? Mm -hmm. Phoebe is entirely incapable of... What did she do? Well, suppose you tell us how she's been a bad girl. Oh, she was merely mischievous, Mrs. McGee. She dragged home a man's shirt and was tearing it to pieces under the chaise long. <laughs> a man's shirt, eh? That's what we mean, Uppy. That was Uncle Dennis's shirt. How utterly fantastic, Mr. McGee. Fifi barely knows your Uncle Dennis. If he keeps <laughs> losing his clothes, he'll be barely known by everybody. <laughs> Blue and white candy striped shirt? Why, yes, it was. But it could not have belonged to Uncle Dennis. 
It had the initials FM embroidered on one sleeve. FM? That's one of my Christmas shirts. He wears all my clothes. Good heavens, but where is the dear man? What has happened? That, Abigail, is the $64 question. <laughs> we want to know, too. He hasn't been home for two days. And his clothes have been showing up all over town. Usually dragged in by your little haberdashery retriever, Fifi. <gasps> but have you notified the police? Yes, and they've dragged out the thronet. Thrown out the dragnet here. <laughs> Yes. And we want to interview Fifi up here. Yes, Fifi is mixed up in this thing some way, and she may lead it to Uncle Dennis. Only she knows where those clothes came from. Uh, very well. Uh, please come in. Now, then, if you will just make yourself comfortable oh. until... Fifi, oh, you bad girl. Didn't Mother tell you... McGee, to... McGee, look what she's got. Oh, my gosh. Uncle Dennis is suspender. Sure. That does it. Okay, Uppy, come clean. Where'd you hide the body? <laughs> Kingsman sings Billy Mills, The Sound Effects Man. Oh, what would we do without the Sound Effects Man, that radio racketeer? Tune your dial and listen a while. This is what you'll hear. There's a knock up on the door. That's the Sound Effects Man. Here's a kiss and maybe more. That's the Sound Effects Man. If you'd like a ring, he'll give you a ding, ding, ding. And even in the early morn, you'll hear him blowing his horn. Now, boys, gallop and fit to bust. That's the sound effects man. Three more redskins fights enough. That's the sound effects man. He has such an awful lot to do, and yet he very seldom ever misses a cue. He's a three-alarm fire and the fire chief, too. That's the sound effects man. When the wind is howling. That's the sound effects man. Thunder goes a growling. When the battle is raging, he's right in the middle of the fray. When he blows his whistle, climb doesn't pay. Then he's old Maxwell chugging right along. That's the sound effects man. When Kate Kaiser gets the answer all wrong, student, that's the sound effects man. Hear those footsteps, making a lot of muddy tracks. Dirty boots will never hurt the kitchen floor if it's covered with Johnson's wax. Tailspin Tommy and his aeroplane. That's the sound effects man. When McGee breaks the window pane. That's the sound effects man. He has gadgets by the score. From a peanut whistle to a cannon roar. When Stiver runs to open that closet door. Look out! Gotta straighten out that closet one of these days. That's Frankie Pittman, the sound of X Man. A likely story. Come clean, Uppy. I tell you, Mr. McGee, and Mrs. McGee, that both Mr. Fifi and I are utterly innocent. Oh, yeah. Oh, I am a very lonely woman, and Fifi means a great deal to me. You must make allowances for a woman no longer young, with no family, no dear ones about her. A woman who is, I, I must admit, taught for affection. <laughs> I bet I could. <laughs> you bet you could what? 
crawl right under that footstool without bending my knees. I feel pretty small myself, Abigail. We're sorry if we misjudged you, but we are so worried about Uncle Dennis. Yes, it ain't Uncle Dennis so much with me. It's my new gray suit. Do you think we could use your Pekingese as a bloodhound? <laughs> well, as they say in contract business, McGee, a peak is as good as a finesse. <laughs> I can get Pekingese immediately. You see me coming up. That little flea circus gets more attention than I ever did at her age. <laughs> she should. She's better behaved. <laughs> Shall we answer it or wait for Abigail? We better get it. Come in. Mr. Wimple. Oh, hello, folks. My, my goodness, I never expected to see you here. <laughs> we just dropped in for a minute, Wimple, old man. Anything we can do for you? Oh, no, thank you. I just wanted Mrs. Eppington to see my new seat. Well, it's, it's very good-looking, Mr. Wimple. Yeah, that particular shade of gray is... Hey, where'd you get that suit, Wimp? <laughs> A dog brought it to me. <laughs> now, Mr. Wimple, that's no way to talk about your wife. <laughs> no, really, Mrs. McGee. A little doggy dragged it up on our back porch last night, and Seedy Face took it away from us. <laughs> That's my suit, Wimp. Uncle Dennis is wearing it, and he's lost straight or stolen, and his clothes have been showing up all over town. Oh, dear. Well, in that case, I'll just have to give it back, Mr. McGee, and... Please, Mr. Wimple. No, not right here. Oh, excuse me. I guess I'm just too impulsive. Did Uncle Dennis run away? Well, we don't know, Wimp. We got everybody in town looking for him. We even had the police drag out the throw net. Throw out the drag net! <laughs> Maybe, maybe he ran away to join the Texas Rangers. I did that once. Oh, how far did you get? Oh, I got to Texas all right. And they asked me if I could ride or shoot, and I said, which do I have to learn first? And they said, oh, ride, and I said, oh, shoot, and went home again. <laughs> well, I'll send you your suit in the morning, Mr. McGee. Okay, Wimp, no hurry. I'll just... Hey, hey, what's the matter with your left ear? Oh, nothing much, Mr. McGee. Was just nearly torn off my head, is all. Heavenly days, how did that happen? An oak leaf fell on it. An oak leaf? How could an oak leaf do all that damage? Well, this was an oak leaf that Sweety Face took out of the middle of our dining room table. <laughs> you wait till I get hold of that Uncle Dennis. I'll show him he can't let dogs drag my best gray suit all over town. Please, please, McGee. We, we don't know what's happened to Uncle Dennis. I know what's going to happen to him if he ain't got a reasonable explanation. Well, we're all ready to go, Mr. McGee. I have even given Phoebe a sip of black tea to give her courage. Oh, good for you, Abigail. Now, how do we start this manhunt, McGee? Well, first we've got to let Phoebe smell of some personal object. Where's that shirt? Oh, here. Smell that, Phoebe. <laughs> Well, really, I do believe she knows what we want. Come, Petey, fetch. Oh, look, look, she wants to go out. Open the door, Uppy. Petey, take her to Uncle Dennis. And hurry. McGee, McGee, she's heading for Joe's Tavern. We're on the trail. Yes, sir. And we'll rescue Uncle Dennis wherever he is. On land. In the air. On the sea. (laughs) 
rule number one reason for putting wax on your floors, furniture, and woodwork, it's for protection to guard these surfaces against wear and dirt. Make them last longer. Save on costly refinishing. The rich, mellow beauty that Johnson's Wax gives is really an extra dividend. So are the many hours of work that you save when your things are wax protected. The next time you apply a coat of Johnson's Wax to your floors or tabletop or leather goods, remember that you're only doing what nature has always done. Did you know that when you rub a red apple and it shines, you have merely buffed up a waxed surface? That's true. And man throughout the ages in protecting his things with wax has merely imitated nature. Today, genuine Johnson's Wax paste or liquid has a special role to play in helping you to take better care of your things, as you are asked to do in the government's Consumer Victory Pledge. Ladies and gentlemen, into what dark and treacherous maze is the faithful little Fifi leading our three friends? What depths of criminal depravity and harrowing experiences lie in store for the intrepid investigators of Uncle Dennis' strange disappearance? Was it foul play? <laughs> and if it was foul play, was it as foul a play as this has been? <laughs> But tune in again next week and see for yourself. Good night. Good night, all. Baber McGee and Molly radio programs are shortwaved each week to all our armed forces throughout the world. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This program reached you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company.